It's Craggy's Connacht Rugby Podcast. It's the first podcast from the clan stand this season. There's a right buzz around. It's half an hour before kickoff, and this place is buzzing, William. Yeah, it's absolutely great. There's a um, really good feel around. The new pitch looks magnificent. Under the old lights, we're getting new lights in November. The other thing we noticed, actually Dave noticed it, I didn't notice it, we've new goalposts yes. that are much higher. Yes, we've got high goalposts for our high-kicking out halves. <laughs> uh, we were allowed back in the media room tonight, the first time we've been in there since January 2020. And that is a stunning thing to contemplate. Exactly. I was down in Murphy's beforehand and I spoke to a couple of... Uh, the kind of clan just to get their feelings on how they feel the season's gone so far and what they're expecting tonight so um, let's hear what they have to say Okay we're here in Murtis before the game I've got Pinky and Shane before we talk about the Munster game what are your thoughts on the season so far hasn't been pretty has it Shane? No 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 it's, uh, it's been a kind of a weird start obviously the, the fixture gods weren't uh, the kindest to us this year um, but as, as the guys kind of they said they parked that and they said gotta, gotta play what's in front of you so um, personally I think we're a little undercooked coming in but I'm only a fan so as I said uh, I, I was put in my place a few years ago over South Africa because I was only a fan Yeah but fans are important Pinky you can't just be just dissed like that it's very important what fans think That's true like, I suppose the way I say it is um these are three games that we would have ex- wouldn't really have expected much from anyway. So the way I see it, it's like zero points dropped so far. That's uh, that's my sugar-coated, optimistic uh, viewpoint of the whole thing. But uh, you'd be more concerned about the performances, right? Obviously, I mean, if there was, you had three games you were going to underperform in, you may as well be these ones that you're going to lose anyway. Probably it's got to kind of change now, right? In about it's got to change in the next three or four hours, basically. Shane, what, are you hopeful for tonight? What are your thoughts on tonight? Or do we have a chance? No, we definitely have a chance. I always have a chance, especially up there. Like um, The problem is, though, looking at the weather, it's going to be nice, calm evenings. So I'm quietly confident, you know, that kind of way. We could, could, pick, we could win this one by six or seven, I'd say, if we win it. And yourself, Pinky? Cautiously optimistic, but this could literally go any of several ways. All right, great stuff, guys. The big question on this is how long before one of the groundsmen puts a pitchfork into the actual uh, AstroTurf by mistake? <laughs> we know who that's directed at, and we'll leave that one in for him to have a listen to. Names will be named. What a great sound that is. Sports ground coming to life as Connacht come back in. Okay, William, about 10 minutes to kick off. Seems a bit early for them to be going in, but you never know. They must have something they want to talk about because Munster is still on the field. What are your thoughts? Connacht going to win? I hope so. I really don't know. They'll have to play so much better than they have in the first three games. Whether they can close the gap between what they're doing and what they want to do that's the real question for them can they find the accuracy and the consistency in what they're trying I think Jack Carty is the key man for them if Carty can make better decisions than we saw particularly against the Stormers which was a game they left behind and maybe take a little bit of a risk 
because sometimes they were too conservative and sometimes they were too flahulic, you could say. It was yeah. the, there was no middle ground. They get that, yeah, they have a chance. They really do have to win this evening. OK, well, then we, we don't have a stadium clock, but um, we've got a water break, so we know it's 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, Connacht are winning 5-0, but probably should be winning 10-0. Yeah, Jack's hit the post twice with a penalty and a conversion. Lovely try by Mac Hansen. Connacht look well up for this. Uh, I'm not sure we need a water break in this temperatures, but uh, maybe when we have one here in January, they can bring them out hot tea. I think they will need it in January, no doubt, because it's, it's a pleasant evening, but it's certainly not anything that needs a water break. But um, I hope this doesn't, destroy, this doesn't get into Connacht's head now because it's broken them. They've, they've been playing really well up to now. Yeah, they have, and it's interesting, Jake White last week after the game, really hates them and we know the issues in GAA with them that it really doesn't help the team that's on top you've got to hold your, con- your concentration half time score Connick 5 Munster 8 Connick should be winning I'm not sure I, I, I think what we've seen from Connick in that half Alan is they've been a bit better but it's still very harem scarum it's not it's not concentrated enough they scored a fabulous try, but a lot of a lot of the other play to me is happening too quickly, and it it breaks down in attack because they just don't have everybody in position. Um, they should be at least ahead because they've missed Jack's missed two easy kicks. Yeah. But this is what Munster do: they suck you in. Connacht have had a couple of opportunities, but they haven't really put them under consistent pressure in their own 22. Um, Munster have been sloppy, they've given away a lot of penalties at the breakdown area but the longer the game went on, they've got into it I can see this getting very difficult for Connacht. We we think it's 60 minutes, Um, so we're going to go for it, Connacht have a penalty. Connacht are losing only by a point now at this stage Um, it's a hell of a game of rugby now Yeah, it's uh, it's turned into a grim battle Um, this is a big kick, I mean Connacht haven't got a ball between the posts in this game yet so Conor Fitzgerald has taken over from Jack Carty so let's see how we go well that's uh, that tells you the story it's going to be really really hard to the end of this game Absolutely, they had a big defensive stand about the 65th minute and that seemed to just galvanise them into action and they upped the pace, they upped their accuracy and Munster just couldn't help giving away really, really poor penalties at times and Connick punished them, two fine tries really hard fought, proper derby game but that gets the Connacht season moving they're one and three but Connacht have to kick on now but there was something really better about the fact that that was an 80 minute performance 
but you could really see them growing in that period. Conor Fitzgerald had a fabulous game at 15, and Paul Boyle made a hell of a difference off the bench. Yeah, all the bounces bounced, the whole lot of them came on and made a difference. I was just, as you say, that, that defensive stand was massive, because it looked like Conor or Munster were going to run away with the game, because they'd scored a penalty in the second half, and they'd pulled further ahead, and if they had one more score, it could have been the end of it. So it was a huge, huge win for Connacht. Yeah, it's massive when they absolutely had to win tonight. They knew that. So now they're they're up and running in this competition. Next week is a big opportunity as well. Um, different different opposition, maybe a better quality opposition. Crowd was great. Crowd of about seven thousand in, and I think tomorrow night or, or next Friday night, this place will be jammed. So if you missed it tonight, folks, get out there, get your ticket, and get in. Okay, Connacht are about to come in, so we'll. Uh, Let's go to the post-match audio. Finley, uh, amazing victory, obviously, for Connacht against Munster tonight. You've been in the wars. We felt that when you were going mm. off. I'm looking at you here now yeah, after yeah, a yeah. battling display, but it's worse, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Like, we've had an incredibly tough start the season, but to be back home in front of our fans, new pitch, uh, the buzz we had all week, despite our first three games, it was we knew we were going to have a performance and looked as parts of the game that didn't, go great and there's things to work on but to get the win uh to get us up and running it's uh really good and proper proud of the proper proud of the lads and the change of there the coaches as well um yeah just delighted to get the win foundation probably was the set piece line it was brilliant scrum was brilliant yeah no we um we, we came into the game to try and have a go at that area we um painted some good pitches over the last few weeks in the set piece so um bev played to devolt and cully for uh you know putting the faith in us and letting us go out and have a crack at it and uh, the work behind the scenes we did to get a good performance it was unreal so um, it was, yeah it was nice nice to get a good set piece uh, good set piece performance good start or, sorry Munster had a good start to the second half uh, but a huge defensive stand I don't know if you remember that moment but it seemed to turn the tide for Conor um, I've no idea about the defensive <laughs> thing but um, I'm sure it was really good um, <laughs> Uh, a lot of that game, a lot of game, lot of that game is just a blur for me because, uh, as you can tell, I was in the wars. But uh, like I said, I'm proper, proper pl- proud of our mob. Uh, we fronted up, uh, gave our fans something to cheer for, and um, now all eyes on on Leinster next week. And uh, yeah, we're, we're buzzing. It's a happy camp down there now. What changed in the last couple of weeks? Obviously, you all felt that you've been doing a lot of good stuff in preseason, on, but I wasn't coming through on the field. How much has changed in the last few days? Uh, I wouldn't say much has changed. Uh, we always believed in what we were doing. Um, obviously, the first three games weren't, weren't good enough by our standards, but we knew the work we'd done in the preseason and during the week and behind the scenes that not everyone would see. And uh, we all just kept the faith, and we knew it would click. We're one, we're one pass away from making things happen, and. It wasn't perfect out there by any means, but um, the heart, the fire, the desire, like that's what we're all about. And it was out there in spades and plenty of stuff to work on, but good to get a win, obviously, at home. And then we're home again next week, so we'll be buzzing again. You like the new pitch? Love it, man. Yeah, I can run around a bit more, but uh, the lungs as well. Uh, so I run a bit more, then my lungs get a, I start blowing a bit more, but it's uh, good, good to throw the ball around. Definitely suits the way we play, and uh, it's good to see some of the fast lads like Mac running around. Like a, he's a really fine specimen of a man, and seeing him run around elegantly was a pleasure to see. And I don't think I ran around elegantly, but I might work on that. Andy Friend, uh, monster victory at home. Not a bad way to turn a season around. 
Yeah, happy with that, Rob. Um, we said coming into the game we needed to win, and uh, that's what we're, we're now talking about, the fact we got a win. So it wasn't perfect, we know that, but it was uh, it was a win. It was a, an Interpro win. It was our first home game on our, on our new pitch in front of our, our family, friends and supporters here. Um, it's a great way to, to, to start the weekend. Are there any key factors that you think came to the forward there in the closing stages? I just thought our physicality. I thought our forward pack laid a really good platform for us and I thought um, for the majority of the game we, we dominated the physicality and yeah, that was what we said coming into the game. It was a, a team that was going to be the most physical, the most disciplined and, uh, and, and have the least amount of unforced errors and I think on two of those fronts it was us. I don't know about the unforced errors yet. I haven't seen the stats but um, I thought, yeah, we, we were the team that, that delivered those front two. There probably was a lot of unforced errors on both sides. So, that's your point about it wasn't perfect. It wasn't, and it was a. You could see it was a. Both teams are nervous mm. because both teams haven't haven't really clicked at the front end of the season for various reasons. But, um, you know, I, th- I thought uh, I thought the forward pack, as I said, just just laid a platform for us, which got us on the front foot and. Going in at eight five down at half time was frustrating because you sort of scratch your head thinking how are we behind at this stage, and they they get an early penalty so it's you know eight um, or eleven eleven five and Jesus here we go again and then we get the try um, but even right to the death there you know we 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 camp down on their line we give away a penalty go to the line out give away another penalty and I'm thinking I've seen this happen before but thankfully it didn't happen and. And we managed to get another try ourselves. So it's a, it's a great way to finish the game and a uh, nice way to get the season started. Yeah, it might seem a small kind of point to be bringing out, but like taking the bonus point off them, this is a battle, like it could be important. Yeah, I, I was actually frustrated we didn't go for a, a bonus point ourselves mm. at the tail end. I thought, there's nothing to lose here. We know we can't lose the game. It's 20, 2011. Let's show some intent. Let's have a pop at that. But, mm. but listen, at, at the same time, I respect what the players do out there. And I'm the bloke sitting up in the. In, in the in the room, which it wasn't a comfy room, it was probably in the last 30 seconds um, when I then get brave and say let's take another pop at another try. But uh, totally respect the way what the boys did there, and pleased we got the win. We just got to speak to Finley Beelham, who I thought had a superb game, but also like when he went off the field, he had left every last ounce of his body on that pitch. So, like, what just maybe speak about that for a second and his performance? Oh, I thought he's I thought he's sensational. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, you know, he, he's got huge aspirations, that fella, and, and it's performances like that which will will get the recognition that he deserves. To me, he's, uh, he's one of the top tight heads in the country. We know that because he's, he, he's playing for Ireland at the moment, but you need to put big performances like that up against Interpro. In, in, in so he's done that there tonight, not just his scrummaging, but it was his, his work rate around the field, his carries, his tackles, his breakdown works, you know, turnovers, jackals. He, got, he, he had the, the whole box and dice there. So really pleased for him and really proud of him because he works very hard to, to, uh, to produce those performances. I'm curious, does a decent record under your good self uh, at home and Interpro, certainly, you know, Monsters and Ulsters, how do you build on it though? Because in the past, Connacht have got these moments, got these wins, but now you've got Leinster next week, then you've got the Scarlet, everyone's going to say you have to win that and so on and so forth. How does this become something that's a bit more consistent? Yeah, and that's been our Achilles heel the last couple of seasons, it's just been our consistency. So, uh, listen, we've got a huge battle next week, which is Leinster, so we'll see how we pull up on Monday and um, 
we've, we've done our preview on Leinster anyway as a coaching group. Uh, we've got a very clever coaching group at the moment. We've, we've got some things that we want to see their game tomorrow night. But, but again, the, the, the basis of that, that victory will be based on physicality, discipline and, and, and minimal turnovers. So if we can keep repeating that dose, we'll win more games than we'll lose. Leinster winning a physicality battle against them is not going to be easy. It's probably going to be tougher, arguably. Yeah, listen, they they uh, they like to maintain or re- retain the ball, so um, we need to whack them early and we need to hit them early. Um, so we'll see. We 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 had a great game against them last year here at Champions Cup. Um, we didn't back it up the, the following week, but we believe we've got uh, a game style that can hurt them if you get it right and. That's what we intend to do next Friday. One more specific question for me. Finding a fullback seems to be tough in the last few weeks and months. What's Conor Fitzgerald done tonight to put that 15 jersey on his back for next week? He did a lot of good things, I thought. Yeah, there was, there was there were errors still in his game, but he gives us that left foot, that left boot, um, which is important. You can see when he gets his hands on the ball, he's he's got speed. Um, and uh, yeah, I know there was a ball that went went to ground there. He knocked the ball on, but shy of that, I think he is he is a brave brave uh, young man underneath the high ball. So I thought he had a you know for a first start at at 15. It's not the first game he's played there, but a first start there, he quitted himself very well. Okay, that were the voices of uh, Finley Beelham and Andy Friend. Um, we're now at a much quieter clan stand, but I've got Rob Murphy. Uh, thank you for. Introducing me, I don't know what do you say. I'm not used to this. Fair enough. I got Lindley McKenzie. Hello. <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. Oh, and Dave Finn. I know it's a bit of a strange start to a podcast in the middle of a podcast. Eleven to one. I cannot believe you got him at eleven to one. Mark yes. Hansen. Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen. I put it in the notes. Mark Hansen had not scored a try this season for or this year for Connacht. His last try was against Leinster. He previously scored against Ulster. He was due a try. So at 11th one with four Munster players listed before him in the in the betting odds, I said, oh, I have to have a bit of that. Self-criticism. But, uh, it's a bit of self-criticism coming up here. I, I saw this beautiful pass coming out to Mac Hansen. And for a split second, I didn't identify who did it. And then Hansen scored. And in my brain, it was like, who the hell passed that ball other than Jack Hardy? He's literally the only person, possibly arguably the only out-half in the country who can pass the ball like that. One of the few players in Ireland who can pick those passes out. So I just called it without looking at a replay and caught myself on, but it still took me a few seconds. I mean, come on, it's obviously Jack Carty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, William hadn't seen who it was because he had to know who it was. But uh, I thought it was Jack Carty because all I was looking for was the first try scorer. <laughs> you watched the replay. <laughs> I was sure it was. I was sure it was. But, I, but, but you just needed to check just in case. And it was a, it was a typical long Jack Carty pass that he's well known for. So, he and it worked. It did. But he, he didn't have a great game with the ball on the ground, but the presence he brings to the team is and, amazing. And his kicking, in, in-game kicking, was yeah. superb. He had one bad one that went end goal, but every other one, he is loving this pitch because the ball dies as it bounces. Mm. And now he can just place it. Oh, man, he is going to have a field day in this, on this pitch. Well, I think it was the second kick, which, which died in the five metres. That's a ballsy kick because mm. the previous one, because I'm still, for me, the jury's still out on the pitch. In terms of bounce, in terms of will this suit us? I very much, I know very. You can start to see that, yeah, it started to suit our style of play. The problem is, it's going to suit a lot of other teams' style of play. Thankfully, tonight there was not a t- the other team was not did not suit them at all. But there's bigger issues there. There was some a range of kicks tonight, good, bad, and downright shocking. <laughs> there was, there was, but it comes down to the pack, though. 
yeah, Pat gave them the platform. We've, uh, by by your your editorial uh, judgment and by what I've just heard, you've already played the interviews of Finlay Beelham and Andy Friend, obviously. Um, but like Beelham was brilliant in the interview on the pitch. He's great crack. He's an amazing rugby player. Discuss. I think the difference is is that when you talk about the four G pitch, I think what it does is even the odds for Connacht team because we have to play to our strengths which is the speed and and the backs and the fluidity of the forwards the pack because they're not the heaviest so it doesn't it doesn't stop other teams being bigger than us and heavier than us but i just think it plays more to our strengths so it kind of evens it, you know it out a little bit it does it does and the other thing that that struck me tonight was the power that we brought off the bench it's not something we've been able to do for well, we certainly weren't able to do it last year. If we'd been able to bring off Peter Dooley and Josh Murphy off the bench on at least two or three games last year, we would have won a lot more games than we did. And Paul Boyle playing like that, like a, like Paul Boyle from two seasons ago. I mean, he's, he didn't have the best seasons last year, I would suggest, but that's more like the Paul Boyle that we're hoping he's going to develop into. Exactly, exactly. It was just, on, on the flip side, Munster were not particularly good. I there's no sugarcoating it they were terrible I mean you shouldn't win three penalties off an international monster scrum uh, tight loose head you shouldn't steal easily I mean one of the ones Dowling stole was just it was like wow he barely got off the ground um, you shouldn't we don't maul them I mean, the only reason we, we don't score more tries, the only reason we didn't score three more out tries is Ty Byrne but even at the end Ty Byrne was getting pinked so Munster have a huge problems. I think they have a massive problem at ten. I don't. I think possibly their most informed ten is with emerging Ireland. Um, very strange. Much worst I've ever seen Munster play. I saw signs against the Dragons where I thought they looked slow, but they looked headless tonight. Yeah, if you take Gavin Coombs out of that team, they they had nothing going forward. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Tigburn causes a lot of trouble from a defensive point of view, yeah. but you're not talking about that. So, like. I'll go back to just what you're saying there about uh, international loose head in Kilcoyne getting beaten but Beelham does that to him every time he plays him I'm done with this and if there's anyone listening from outside this province who doesn't get this Finlay Beelham is so far ahead of David Kilcoyne and uh, so many other loose heads in Ireland and so many he's one one of the best tight heads and we know that now and that's why Can I give a hot take? One of the major reasons they put Porter back to loose head is because they know that Beelham can back up Furlong they don't have to worry about if Furlong is hurt I think it's one of the reasons they decided that Porter should go back to yeah. Lucid. I agree. I agree. Can I just say something that's going to just maybe change the tone of this podcast? I'm not massively excited by this win. I'm just being honest here, right? I, I'm relieved that we've got a W, but I think that's where we stand. I think that's my belief in the potential of this group. If this management team can figure out things and get it right, because they've had to move the chairs around, the one guy's defensive coach, and now a new person's defensive coach, and now you're called the head coach, and you're, whatever. You're the same five people who were there last year, and you need to get this group performing, all right? And I was just, I've been listening a good bit, I've took a step back, which is interesting, and just listening to some of the interviews and some of the talk in the last few weeks, I really believe Andy Friend when he says, it's been a brilliant preseason. Honest to God, I believe all the players. I really do. But the time has come to get the finger out now. And I'm damned if I'm going to walk away this week and start going to people, oh, we beat Monster. This is brilliant. Because we'll get hammered by Leinster next week. We'll come up with a complete no-show against Scarlets. That's the trend. That's what we've seen in the past. So this group really, really needs to knuckle down. They beat a team who are in disarray. They're an absolute melee. They beat them with some interesting dynamics off the bench. You were saying this, Alan. 
but showcases something a little bit different, let's say, than last year's 10-8 victory. So I like that. I feel kind of relatively hopeful about that, but I'm not super positive. I don't know. I think that defensive stand Lee, that they put up in the 63rd, 64th minute was phenomenal and changed. Last year, earlier this season, Munster would have scored against the Connacht team who didn't believe in themselves. Something happened in that. I don't know who it was or was there anyone in particular, but they stood up mm. to that Munster team and then walked down the field and scored a try. Well, I think, obviously, their, their forward play has stepped up you know, quite a lot. Whether it's all a matter of coaching, whether it's just growing physicality, whether it's uh, just changing the dynamics slightly of, of how they're doing things, it certainly has, it certainly has improved. You know, at, you have to look at that against a Munster side. Technique, you know, obviously is you know it comes into play there. And you know, Connor haven't really changed that much in terms of their their size or their weight. But if you look at possibly some of those additions, what they have got in those additions are pretty clever players who have who have just boosted what they had before and added that extra dynamic to it. So I just think it's. It's possibly a combination of a few things. It's still not the biggest pack, and it's still going to get pushed around by teams. But maybe the evening up of this pitch does have something to do with it because it does seem to even it up a little bit. They're not stuck in the mud. They're not, you know, where where the bigger packs would would have a, a field day against them. They're not. So, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not going to go over the top about them. Mm. But at the same time, I think I think there is an improvement and there's an improvement both in I think in their technique and also in the 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 resources that they have at the moment yeah because you're looking at you know Peter Dooley comes off the bench and does a great job Josh Murphy comes off the bench as well Paul Boyle but also Colin Riley like it was great to see a bit of faith put in that young scrum half because the game zipped up they kind of moved up a gear when he came off the bench nothing against Kieran Kieran was just tired up, getting tired whereas Colin brought a, a new zip to it well, they've, they've had faith in Colin Riley for a while now. Uh, he's, just, he's just been desperately unfortunate through injury and illness. Um, he was going to, uh, irrespective of, of Caelan Blade's injury, he was going to play these games. Blade, he was going off to South Africa. So he, he kind of, this is his opportunity. He has to take, you know, he has to take it. And he was very, very good. Boiler had a fantastic impact as well. But all of them had. I mean, we didn't even use our full bench. Tom Day didn't come on. Grant Stewart didn't come on. But even Nile Murray came up. But the boys had busted themselves. Nobody was coming off because they were playing badly. Finley you know, was busted. Oshin Dowling was wrecked. Jared was wrecked. I just want to go back to you on Peter Dooley. Like, I didn't think he was great in those first three games overall. Do you no, know? I'm talking tonight. Yeah, I'm yeah, purely yeah. talking Because I was worried about where he was. And look, I, 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 Packy won't mind me saying this because he tapped me on the shoulder during the commentary on Ulster and he said, we've just gone through 17 phases and Peter Dooley has not touched a single rock. Wow. So, like, it was just a point that just underlined the fact that he had a slow start. Mm. No doubt he was outstanding tonight off mm. the bench. I, even Angel was, everyone was. But I just, I just want to kind of put that note. they got to put this in every oh, yeah. week, you know? There's a lot of talent here. I think those players who have come down have to also realise that this could possibly be their last shot. You know, they've been they've been playing in Leinster, and you know if they don't if they can't make it with Connacht and they can't make an impression with Connacht, then they they don't really have much of a future, do that do they? No, and 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 if you look at one other player we haven't really mentioned was Niall Murray. Andy mentioned in his yeah, interview, okay. he 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 gave away the penalty. He we did. gave away a penalty, and then he gave away a penalty on the line out. But what does he do in the next line out? He wins it. He gets up and he yeah. steals it. And there's a sense of belief about the yeah. team now that hasn't been there before. 
Oh, um, well, it hasn't, hasn't been there this season. There's always a sense of belief. Yeah, there was no belief in the first three games. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the weird, the, weird, the weird thing was, there was a sense of belief. And weirdly, we've been finishing games rather well because we scored four of our five tries when games are dead. But that belief, that comes, that will feed into next week. That is possibly 60%, 65% of what you need to do to beat any Leinster team. But that performance tonight, with that level of penalties, that level of failing to take opportunities in 22, will not beat Leinster. But it's great to be starting 65% from that position. But I would say, have to say that it's all very well having that fitness at the end and, and coming well, strong at the end. But, but it is pointless against a team like Leinster. You know... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, we, when we start playing against Leinster last 20 minutes, how's that going to work out? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clinical well, efficiency. <laughs> Clinical efficiency, the one you're going to get bet, Leinster, is actually by getting well ahead of them and getting them rattled. And then the extra belief will start coming, kicking in with Connacht. And you're not going to beat them by having to climb 15-point deficits. Well, I will say one thing. I think Leinster have suddenly... Weirdly, and this last last week we're a one-man team. Jason Jenkins went off last week, and they completely fell apart against Ulster. Now, I'm not saying that Leicester are a one-man team; quite far from it. But they were last week, so it's entirely possible. That, you did. You just said it. Yeah, I'm going to say okay. Right, so Leicester, Leicester will not. Leicester are a one-man team. Leicester are a one-man team, and they will not win if Jason Jenkins doesn't play. I will be hung, drawn, and quartered. Oh on that. my I, God! We actually have at least one Leicester supporter who signs up, Jesse, not two, and they are they are unsubscribed. The unsubscribed. No, look. Next week, why do we? Why were we competitive here last year in the first leg, Alan? Because we, we fought hard and we went for it and we, we, we believed at that point that we could do something. Um, and then we fell apart in the second game. The, the question is, we're after putting in a big performance now. Um, the one thing that will be there next week that wasn't really there at the start of the game and this one right up until about the 65th minute was there wasn't that much belief in the crowd. No. There was well, chatter. after 65 minutes... There was murmurs of chatter yeah, down below yeah. me. But after no, 65 minutes and once we scored the try... The belief came back into the crowd, mm. and hopefully that's there part were, of the. There week. were two turning points for the crowd. One was Fitz's kick because it changed Fitz as well. Yeah. yeah. And secondly, I don't know who made the turnover penalty. Yeah. I thought for two reasons that was huge. First of all, it was huge. It was in the 22, and we'd held them out. Everybody went mad. Hawkshaw was yeah. really wound the crowd up. Sorry. No one won that penalty, but all 15 won that penalty because yeah. the penalty itself, I think, Munster went off their feet at that point. So it yeah, wasn't it was a, the young, it was, man, mightn't yeah. have been a jackal. But the main point was, and I think that was your point, Alan, was, was phase upon phase upon phase upon phase into 22 when they would not budge. Uh, really impressed with that. I will say this, Lindley, maybe you can take this, but like... I'm just excited by Conor Fitzgerald's fullback, and I think it's taken too long for them to realise that we need to play him there because he's our best option. Well, I totally agree with you, which is why I was trying to sort of quiz Andy tonight on that very fact. I've often thought about Conor Fitzgerald that he has got such a great boot on him, um, that his and he's a great little runner, and his natural position is actually at fullback. And I think I personally think we we have found ourselves another fullback contender in him and you also dovetail I mean it's great to have him there because he was able to also take over the kicking duties because Jack wasn't on the song particularly I, I think he is a, a definitely a solid choice Can I make another point and, and see what you think of this you're saying that he helps Jack out I argue as well he made John Porch better tonight and he made Ralston and Hawkshaw better because suddenly everyone's able to focus on their own jobs There's that, there's that and 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 for me, this was one of the best decisions in the game was Jack turned around and handed him the ball when he said, I'm not kicking well. That's huge. That's huge for me. That, that, to me, that shows unbelievable leadership. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's obviously not perfect yet. I mean, no. he's hardly played there at all. Um, and I know, you know, Andy Friend does 
say about some of the the errors or mistakes that he made, and that's fair enough. But I just think I, I just think it was quite delightful to see a, a talented player like him find a position that maybe is the right one for him. The faith shown in him by Jack, as you say, for the kicking, um, he will be better next week. It'll be a much different test next week as well, though. And I think you've also got to realise that he's possibly not now the number two out half because we've got David Hawkshaw there. So And he was excellent tonight. So, you yeah. know, where do you put a talented player? Where do you make use of a talented player like Fitzgerald? You yeah. said Hawkshaw played well. Mm. Goggin has had so many nights, especially in Tormund, where he's got the better of us. Mm. He didn't tonight, oh, and I no. think that's because of Hawkshaw. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought he was excellent in both attack and defence, and... He's a, he's a leader on the field as well, and he believes in himself. And this is this is the word I'm going to keep using. There's a belief there that hasn't been there, and some of it comes from playing at home. But does that matter ultimately? When so that matters absolutely in terms of how they perform in defeat against the sides that are ultimately better than them, and how they get the job done against teams they should. But that's what's worrying me about. And you kind of touched on this in the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Is like when you meet the Leinsters of this world, and maybe some of the English sides, they're just too big for us. Lindy's getting at that as well. So maybe the pitch. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying here. But you know what I'm saying? But maybe yeah. that's why those players are coming with such, com- mm. such confidence, because they come from Leinster. They are born and bred Leinster people. doesn't mean to say that they don't want to play good, uh, well for yeah. anybody else, but yeah. they're coming down here with the mentality that yeah. everyone who plays with Leinster is the, great. Can I point out, the only reason Leinster have four wins, have three wins from three, is because the Zebra out half couldn't kick in the first half of their game. So one let's man team, is it? One man team. The one man team. The one man team. Um, they are better. I mean, look, we don't have anyone like Jason Jenkins, so we will have to be physical. We will have, but we have to believe. We, I mean, honestly, well, that, like, that like, belief uh, comes from believing that they, without Jenkins, they're not as good. I know it's a stupid small thing, but if you can, little things like that, little nuggets of belief, plus also belief in, your, in yourself. Help yeah, but you out, you, but you, you still have to put it into the pitch. If you go back and look at the size of teams they've played over the last three or four weeks and let Munster live on physicality and big forwards and, and big stuff, and John Klein was back today and he's a big man. Um, the, the game. The bench is a big lad for Yeah, swing. yeah. Um, and and Sale, the Sale game, the thing that impressed me most about the Sale game was that our pack stood up to a big English pack yeah. who it was all about their physicality. There seems to be something there, yeah. um, and it's something that if you listen to. Um, the Vault selling call from two weeks ago the passion that he talked about wanting our guys to be more angry and you know difficult and hard and I think Andy Friend referenced it as being dog-like yes exactly mm. and I think it's nice boys from Connacht exactly exactly that's exactly what he said and that's, I think that's starting to come through and sometimes that takes a bit of time one point right just from the press conference um, Jerry Tornley asked a question and it's just that I think it, I, it's just that like we could ask these questions, but we're watching it every week. But it was nice to hear from someone who's outside and just ask like, how much pressure there was. Huge win for the players, for the organisation and for the fans. Yeah. You all three of you needed it. Yeah, no, we did, Jerry. I, I thought um, I, I was impressed with the, with the crowd that turned up, um, but we had to give them something to cheer about. And I, I thought that opening scrum where we got the penalty got them going. And then we got another scrum penalty, and it really got him going. And then uh, he said the game wasn't perfect, so we gave him plenty of things to go. Here we go again, just kind of. But um, we came out over, you know, we came over the top of him in the end. So for all three, yeah, listen for the coaches as well. Players needed that. Coaches needed. The whole staff needed that. As an organisation, we needed that. 
yeah so that's it like it's just Lindy we've talked about this over the years and, and I, that's what I want to finish on which is like there always needs I, I never feel comfortable when we're just when we're accepting kind of being just a bit below what we can be and I think the question was good and I feel like I'll say this from Andy Friend I do feel like he does not accept what happened over the last three weeks and that's a good attitude well, well, he, well he can't accept it I mean it's impossible for him to accept you can't make excuses mm. you just can't at this stage he's been here for what this is his fifth year you, you, he, he's not in a position at the moment I don't think to accept anything else he knows that this is possibly his last shot at putting a team together. He's worked hard. He's worked bloody hard for the last four years and this is his shot to get something out of it. And I, I know it's going to be hugely difficult because we've, it's, it, the, the way that the draw worked out, you know, three away games, the South Africans, etc., it's going to be bloody hard to do. But I still say that we've also got a European Challenge Cup and I am, I have to say, I'm still pinning my hopes on the European Challenge Cup for to to win a trophy because I do not believe that we're going to win the, 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 the URC. Mathematically impossible. Okay, I've got any other business. I have a couple of points. New really, really high goalposts. Like properly tall goalposts, which seem to be a bit wider than the normal ones, which are painted very light, but with wider, which Jack had trouble with because he hit the same, I think he almost hit the same spot from his first two kicks. There is still, it'd be nice to take all the floodlights down along the clan stand. And I think they take the floodlights down in front of the, actually not all in front of the main stand, so they take the floodlights down in front of the clan stand. It'd be nice if they took one or two of them down from in front of the big screen. <laughs> there's only one or two there, there's only one or two more that would be nice to get rid of. Um, because it would be nice. And the other thing, the last thing I'm going to say is, um, it'd be nice to get a clock that worked all game. Oh my God, there's oh, a disaster. What a nightmare. What's going on? What a nightmare. Well, I think someone possibly just forgot to check how it worked because I did go up to, to Stephen and the media man and, and sort of suggest to him, was it possible to get the clock working? And obviously he did make, he did well it worked and it stopped and it worked and it stopped and it worked and it stopped so look that's obviously something that you know yeah it'll be there for next week to, it got there for the most important have bit be for so, have to be sorted up but I do know that a lot of people do rely on that clock <laughs> yes yes a lot of us <laughs> commentators rely on that you're not even looking at that clock you're looking at this, this clock. one which wasn't working either oh, oh, for God's they're, both, they're, they're both connected they're both connected mm. but look here we are back in the sports ground new yeah. pitch mm. new season mm. I miss the hill, I have to say. I was, you know, but... Just as Jake White. Does it, does it matter um, when you get a result like that? And I think, I think there's a certain sense of excitement and development about having that new pitch, which has really added to, um, to Connacht as an entity, yeah. that it's not this dog track yes. hill... You know, it's just not. Muddy, it's not. It's not a muck pail. No, yes, muddy exactly. pitch anymore. Pile, yeah. And I think it's certainly, it's certainly elevated. I, I believe Connacht. Yeah. You know, because because it's, it's the best. It's the best looking plastic pitch I've seen because it doesn't look like one. Yeah, I agree. Not plastic. And one, one, one final point. Just like because you're finishing on a positive Lily, and I like that. Took the bonus point off Munster as well because yes. look, look at we're trying to catch them. So yes. nice job, lads. It is, it is. And well done the clan and the main stand made great noise tonight, it has to be yes. said. Absolutely, great finish. Can I make one small thing? It's an AOB, it's just a, an amusing point that the best Gaelic football under 18 
footballer in the country was a guy called Tomas Farthing he plays for Corinthians and he's been selected for the under 18 club Ireland team so Corinthians have stolen the best Gaelic footballer at under 19, under 18 level last year fair play to Corinthians fair play to everybody involved Corinthians good luck to the, the six lads that were selected two lads are in the uh, under 19 squad as well OK to finish this podcast we're back in Marty's Alan I said to you before the game if you remember our conversation I was always a big fan of Conor Fitzgerald at fullback. <laughs> Just, he has the complete game. He can kick, he can defend, and obviously, demonstrably today, when needs must, he can step in and take a place kick. We got the win. That's the important thing. There's a lot to build on, and I think that's more important for us. As I said, there was a lot out there, mistakes made, blah, blah, blah. The mindset is good because we needed a win just to get a bit of confidence. If you'd said to me at the start of the season, right, after the first four games, we'd have four points, yeah. I'd have said, Alan, that's 1.0 points yeah. per game. Yeah. I've been at worst seasons. What did I call the actual winning merchants today, by the way? It was, close, it was close enough, wasn't it? 68 points? Uh, you certainly did. Well, I'm happy. I won my bet on Mark Hansen being the first try scorer, and I won the bet on Connick winning the game. So, so you're buying the first points out here? There you go. <laughs> loose, cut it loose. Break out, or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.